and everyone has their their place and their season in their life. Some people, it's being right where they are, you know, whether it's back in their hometown or whatever. And other people, it's like, you know what? I'm going to be on the other side of the planet. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode. So pumped to have Jason Cohen here. A man with many talents, and I know there's going to be a lot of great gems coming out of this. So the whole purpose of today is to, one, learn a little bit of his journey. And he's got a lot of different things that he's done in his lifetime. We were speaking before we came on camera here. And, of course, there's a Jersey connection. Got to love that. Jersey Shore. Uh, but, Jason, welcome. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So, Jersey, were you uh, – I'm, I'm, and. We're gonna we're gonna have to kind of go into the wrestling standpoint because he he wrestled growing up. I wrestled growing up. Oh no, kidding! But Lord. before we get into that, um, were you born in Jersey? I was born in Jersey. Yeah. Yep. I was born in um Galloway actually. Oh Galloway, okay, Galloway. Yeah, south. Yeah. So I was raised in Egg Harbor Township. I know Egg Harbor. Yeah. And then um, moved to Terry Hill for a year. Came back. Uh, lived in Atlantic City for a bit. Lived the rest of my days in Egg Harbor Township until I, you know, moved away for college, essentially. Okay. And where'd you go to school? I went to Ursinus College. Ursinus, yeah. Okay. And then in high school, I went to Egg Harbor Township and Holy Spirit. So oh, I kind of did Spirit. both. All right. Got the Catholic school education, yeah. bounced back to public. You know. Okay. <laughs> so now, when you were growing up, did you ever think you were going to kind of end up where you are now? Or like some people are like, you talk to them, they're like, I knew I was going to be this thing. And then other people are like, no, nah, I had no idea if you would have told me that when I was like 17, I would have been like, yeah, you're crazy. So yeah. how was it for you? Did you see this path for yourself? So growing up, I'm actually an identical twin. And my mom as a kid always kind of had a passion for us to get into film. Okay. And uh, she put us into plays really young. And growing up, I mean, I always had a sense that I really liked the film industry. I have a writer in my family. Uh, me and my twin were always pretty creative. You know, she would have us on the baseball field, and we're, like, looking at the butterflies. And I... <laughs> yeah. so we're always pretty creative kids. And after, um, you know, I hit high school, I got pretty stuck into the sports realm. Okay. But I always had a high, like, passion for, like, just film okay. and creativity in the sense, like, the arts, I'd say. That's so wild because in high school, most of you know, like, it's either the – art drama like creative kids that are artsy or the jocks exactly so the fact that you're saying you were actually like kind of like a blend of both yeah that's really uncommon yeah you know for me i think i was always i i'm proud to say like i was born like a nerd like yeah. i was always like pretty into the arts and stuff but i kind of became a jock i'd say just because i was a nerd like i was always like a smaller kid like i played football wasn't big enough yeah and me and my brother were so competitive playing hockey this one coach was like, you guys should wrestle. And we ended up being really good at it. And then through wrestling, I put on like some size and I was a little bit bigger. Yeah. Um, now I don't really power lift as much as I used to, but for wrestling, we were jacked up. Yeah. Me and my twin brother fighting all day in the house and then letting it go all on the wrestling mats. We yeah. were just animals. So how old were you when you started wrestling? I started wrestling in I think sixth grade. So I was probably around like nine or 10. Okay. Not too young. Yeah. Uh, I always felt like I was like, you know, late in the sport. Yeah. But the one thing I had was grit and yeah. I would wrestle all summer long. Yeah. I'll go to every wrestling camp. I met Dan Gable. I wrestled in Iowa, wrestled in, uh, you know, Maryland. I went to Fargo freestyle tournaments. Oh, so wow. I was doing Greco wrestling. I did everything I could. So no yeah. yeah, it was addictive. So there's some people that agree with me on this and some people that don't. As high school sports go, 
wrestlers are the best athletes? I'd say wrestlers are the most grittiest athletes. Yeah. Um, you could take a wrestler and throw them in any kind of like situation, and I feel like they almost always have a will to win. Yeah. They just never give up. They always find a way. The conditioning is out of control. It's Most insane. people don't know the depth of conditioning for high school wrestling. Insane. It's totally insane. And I can imagine now you wrestled in college. I wrestled in college as well. And was it even crazier than high school? It was. Yeah. It was because there's a pot like polit- um a political sense that comes in. Okay. It's not as fun. And when you take like the fun out of anything, it's just a little bit more like this is serious. Yeah. And it's like the wrestle offs become more serious. The 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 um intensity to become a varsity wrestler becomes more serious. Um, there's a lot of backlining things that come in. Like, you know, you're kind of becoming an adult at this point. You're trying to pay tuition. You're trying to figure out what you want to be when you want to grow up. And um, going to I, I wrestled at a D three school, but we were so competitive at our sinus. And our coach was just such a he he was like just a a hammer. Yeah. And in high school wrestling, you know, you get you get the newspaper, your front page on the pictures, uh, you get the rankings. It's it's fun. You get cheerleaders, stuff like that. Yeah. But when you go back to school and college, you know, you sit in the big auditorium and it's right to study in. Yeah. You're cutting weight all day. It's yeah. just like it's not as fun. You get in that wrestling room, there's tons of guys like wrapped up and you have broken ribs, broken fingers from last season and you're mm-hmm. you're still expected to to perform top level. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cutting weight is something that most humans walking this earth that have never, let me, uh, you know, I, the most people I know who had to do it was for wrestling. I had to do it for wrestling, but growing up playing football, Pop Warner, there was the older but lighter thing. So there, there were some times I had to cut weight for playing football. And that is something that I wouldn't wish on anyone. Because I remember being wrapped in garbage bags and a (laughs) sweatsuit running and then coming back from this run and going into a sauna. Like, I don't even know if it's legal to do that. Like today, <laughs> like, I used to be scared doing it sometime. Yeah. You like start getting lightheaded and you're like, you couldn't drink anything. And then you're like trying to just make it to that scale. Um, so when you progressed from that and I, and I want to, I say this because I think there's a lot of foundational things as you've now had an incredible life and career that's still going. Yeah. Right. right. Do you think, Things like wrestling gave you that foundation, hundred percent, to make the success that you have today. Yeah, um, you know, when I went from high school to college, uh, I never considered myself to be a smart kid, mm-hmm. and I learned like little things from wrestling. Like going into that wrestling mat, you have to believe in yourself so much, and I would constantly tell myself in college, like, you know, I'm not smart, I'm not smart. But then for some reason, I fell in love with medicine. I think it's like I got hurt, and I my dad's best friend was a orthopedic surgeon mm-hmm. visited him in surgery room and i'm like this is cool shit like i would yeah. love to do this and you know i had a serious talk with him i gave him some time i was like i want to be like a doctor i want i wanted to be a physician assistant mm-hmm. and that like hard work ethic translated into me and my studying in college okay and that like going from like a pre-med uh, like just a high school jock to a pre-med student was vicious like I sat in the math class. I'm like, what is algebra? Like, <laughs> and I'm sitting in calculus. I'm like, I got to know algebra and know calculus. Like, oh, this is going to be a lot of work. Yeah. So I was just going to teacher, teacher's hours like crazy. And it was that sense of like, if I could teach my body to do this, I can teach my mind to do anything. Yeah. And I just sat down and hacked. Like I would stay up till four in the morning, 
Like if I had, I do did whatever I needed to do to get an A. If I had to take Adderall, I would take Adderall. Like yeah. to study and focus, boom, get it done. I mean, I was prescribed it. I hated taking it, but yeah. I just did whatever I had to do to pass, and I got the grades to do it. Yeah, that was okay. good. So that led to what? What was the next progression? Did you get into a, a program? So I I worked with Rothman. So the doctor I was shadowing, mm-hmm. he accepted me to uh, work with them, shadow. I was shadowing a primary care physician and veterinary. Um, I was shadowing uh, the two orthopedic surgeons, Dr. Ong and Dr. Roscoe. And I just kind of started to learn more what it was like to be actually be a doctor. Yeah. And at that same time, I was studying for my MCAT. I took the test. Mm-hmm. I got an average score. I think it was like a 502. It was mm-hmm. like my first time taking it. And then from there, I really sat back and looked at, I started applying. That was a whole nother monster. Applications is hard. You have to do the interviews. And I had one application that went through pretty good to a school, um, PCOM, Philadelphia College of Medicine. It's mm-hmm. a DO school. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was really thinking, like, do I want to go to school for 10 more years? <laughs> like, do I want to do that? And how old are you at this point? I was 22, I think. Yeah. I was 22 or 23. And I was really scratching my head thinking, like, wow, like, I don't know if I, if my character is actually, uh, like, I, the word I'm trying to think of is almost like blended with this career. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of thought about this. The first time I really thought about that and sat back and said, you know, this whole college degree wasn't a waste because it yeah. built me to who I am, but I don't think it's my path. That That's where I said, let me take a step back. No, let me take yeah. a step back. Well, it's not only the time because I was there too, you know, I was, yeah. I was in a, a medical program and it's also, so for the, for those of you who don't know, there's four years undergrad there's four years of medical school. Uh, I was in a program that kind of lets you kind of accelerate, cut a year off. But then after that, you have residency for surgery. It's like six years. So it is a long journey. It's a long journey. And it's not free. It's it's an, an expensive one. So th- staring down the barrel at that of that is like you, you really you have like a like and I say this like it's almost like a come to Jesus moment. You're like, all right, is this who I am? Is this what I want to do exactly. for the rest of my life? And essentially only maybe start my life in my mid thirties. Right. You know? Yeah, and I, I you know I had that question come to me too. I, I thought, let me go check out some med schools in Europe. Mm-hmm. So it gave me an excuse to travel to Europe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually called up my cousin and I'm like, yo, we're going to California. And he was like, I can't miss work for that. I'm like, okay, we're going to um, Oktoberfest in Germany. You're coming with me. I like just convinced him to come with because I really wanted to visit some schools in Italy. Yeah. I thought if I could at least have somebody come with me, it wouldn't be like so hard of a trip. Yeah. And, and uh, we went to Oktoberfest in Italy. I checked out the school. As soon as I stepped in there, I was like, I think it was called like Frederico Third in Naples, Italy. Mm-hmm. Because it's free out there. The schooling's yeah, free. Yeah, yeah. And I just kind of really did the math on it to get back to the States to take your steps. Yes. It's just still so difficult. Yeah, you got to take your boards here. So I was thinking, ah, man, this might not be for me. Because the, the tuition is like 500 grand, I think, in the States or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And I just kind of put, put it together. I was like, by the time I'm like late 30s or, you know, wanting to get married and have kids, I'm going to be in debt still. And what if I don't become a prior, uh, what if I don't become like, you know, a surgery, a, a surgical, you know, doctor and maybe I'm not making as much as I kind of put it together. I don't want to say it was like fear based for me to back out. It was more so like, 
if I really wanted to do it, money didn't matter. Yeah. It was more so like the time and like what I wanted to do with my life. I was like, I want to travel. I want to do different things. Yeah. I really want to live my life a little bit differently, right? Like this period of time. Yeah. So that's what made me really like reassess and back out. So that's a tough decision. It was tough. What did, what did your family say? So (laughs) this is actually really funny. Um, my dad didn't want me to be a doctor. He was really? like, yeah, my dad was like, like the opposite of I, most parents. I know. He was like, I don't, I don't think you're going to like it, Jay. He's like, you know, Dr. Roscoe's my boy. Like he's different. This guy had a crazy story. He came from Columbia. He lived in, I think he was like from like Medellin, came over here, got linked with Dr. Rothman himself and boom. Yeah. Uh, for me, a little bit of a different story. Uh, but my dad is like, Jay, I don't think uh, being a doctor is for you. I think you're more of a salesman. Like he's like, you know, you got like charisma, you got a good personality. My dad's in sales and he's like, why don't you like try sales? He's like medical sales. Like that'd be great for you. But you know, for a long time, I always wanted to do different things with like the film industry and acting and stuff like that. I still don't really know like what my future career is going to be, but nobody knows what tomorrow's going to be. Yeah. So, I mean, from there I was like, you know, I really wanted to do acting. Like again, I wanted to pick it up again and go into film. And from there, that's when I, you know, started applying for some things and some Netflix show hit me up and I was the next step. <laughs> so let's talk about that because yeah. that, I mean, we can't just brush past that. So when Netflix reached out to you, did they have something already in place that they were interested in for you or were they just, cause sometimes some people don't know this network. Sometimes they're just trying to find people. They don't maybe quite have the show that they're like, they, but they know like we want this guy, but we don't quite know where we're going to put him, but we're going to put him somewhere. So was that kind of the situation or did they have the show? In that place? was actually the first time they had me. In. Okay. And I was about to fly out. I didn't go. I found out later it was a show called too hot to handle, which okay. was like a huge show. Huge. And then it was the second season too, which was like almost a little bit bigger than the first. It was just like the timing, you know, the first one had a good layout for it. Yeah. And, um, this show ended up, it had no name. They were just like, you need to bring a family member. I'm like, my twin brother. There you go. He said no. No. <laughs> he said no. So I'm like, Justin, come on. I really need you. You're my twin. And he was like, I got a girlfriend. I don't want to go on a dating show. And I'm oh. like, ah, oh, come on, brother. So I called up my cousin. I'm like, hey, we got an interview today. I didn't even tell him what it was. He did it with me. He did the interview. Is this the same cousin you took to Oktoberfest? Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's, he's the he's man. He's the right-hand he's man. You know? I'm like, yo, Chris. Like, we're calling Chris. So I call Chris up. We do the interview, and we knock it out of the park. Really? We knock it out of the park. I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, like, we got this far. They call us up. They're like, we're going to France. They fly us out there. That's where the show is going to be filmed in what? Nice. Or they flew us out to Nice and it was supposed to be filmed in Cannes, okay. Super Cannes, France. Sounds like crazy. Yeah. So when we get there, the producer says, look, you guys made it this far out of like 40,000 applicants. I'm like, okay. And like, you're not on the show yet. I'm like, oh. No. <laughs> like, I, mean, I just told all my friends at home that I'm going on a Netflix show. And they're like, yeah, so you're not on the show yet, but... Like, we don't really want cousins, but you guys are, like, in, like, the top realm of the pick. I'm like, okay. And, like, we, like, walked away and we're like, Chris, whatever happens, just smile. Just smile and wave. Mm-hmm. Whatever. <laughs> so we do one more interview, knock it out of the park again, and then we're on the show first episode. So, okay, so let me ask you. Mm-hmm. Let's <laughs> – what, what are they asking you during these interviews? A lot of, like, relationship questions. I think they want to see, like, if you're fit for, like, the TV. Okay. If you're going to start drama, if you're going to bring, like, that oomph that they need, 
like why do people watch reality TV? Because there's just Drama. characters on yeah. there, you know. Like yeah. this kid's a character. Yeah. And Chris really brought it. So did I. We've just bounced off each other so well. I I think we could have our own personality, our own TV, like just on us. Really? Yeah. We're 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 freaking funny. Like me and okay. him together. So he's a he's a good guy. And uh, I mean, right now he's filming another show. I can't say what it is, but okay. he's right right now. All right. Yeah. He called me the, the, like. Yesterday morning, he's giving me all updates and stuff, and I'm like, oh, nice, nice, nice. So I was going to say, like, when you t- told the story about going to check out the school in Italy, you're like, oh, he has work, whatever. What does he do that he's he's able to do this? Yeah, he actually quit his job. Like, he was a bartender at the moment. No he kidding. was a bartender. Yeah, he literally quit for me. And I was like, look, I was like, I kind of like gave it to him. I was like, listen, man, like, we got one life. Let's go travel Europe. When are you going to say you'd be able to do Like, when will you be able to do this ever again? Yeah, never. Like, we're... 20 i think we were 22 at the time yeah let's go see the world let's yeah. do it because you got nothing to lose yeah. i was like if you lose your money i'll pay you back somehow yeah. we had the best time in our life no kidding. best time so, so now he's kind of fallen into this he same... fell into it i brought him with me no i told him kidding. i was like trust and this is the craziest thing that first euro trip we went to we went to nice mm-hmm. and we stopped by this hotel called the aston it was beautiful mm-hmm. and we were staying in hostels like living like cheap dudes yeah. you know just trying to see the world as cheap as we could and I'm like, look at that place. I was like, you know, like, because when we went there, I was taking pictures and filming stuff. And I'm like, this would be a good pitch for Netflix. Like, just me and you out here, like, living life in Europe, you know? <laughs> yeah. And he goes, um, I'm like, look at this place. Like, that would be a lot better to stay in there than our hostel. And to this day, I always tell him this. I have a picture. Like, it was like, there's like a checker board kind of like tile with these fountains yeah. where I took the picture at. And I'm like, you know, one day we're going to stay in a place like that. And Netflix is going to pay for us. And the next year is that's the hotel they put us up. No in. way. So we're the fucking god. Wow. So it was like manifestation at its finest. That was the hotel that, and I still have the pictures on my phone. That's... It was the hotel that they put us up on when we went to France. No kidding. It's crazy. You know, people don't believe it, and we can go down this rabbit hole. But I am a firm believer that visualization and manifestation is real, and it's almost like. You have to pretend as if before it happens in order for it to really happen. It's like that wrestling thing, that belief thing I was talking about. Yeah. So I'm friendly with a lot of people involved in the UFC and fighting. And they were telling me that there were people who lost them. Talking to different trainers and coaches, there are people that lose the match before before they they even get get in the octagon based on what the other fighter is doing. Conor McGregor was great at it. Everyone knows that, right? And you lost the match mentally. And if you lose the match mentally before you step into that octagon, you pretty you much can lost it. It. Yeah, you, you can see it. Yeah. You can see it. You could feel it. And people said that with, you know, McGregor at the uh, Jose Aldo fight, <laughs> that like he had lost the fight before the fight even began. He got knocked out in a few seconds with one punch. So that visualization um of what was in, in fact, I don't know if you've ever seen seen the video. I don't know if you're a UFC guy, but there's a video of Connor training with his coaches. Okay. Mimic. It's like weeks before the fight. Like mimicking that left. Mimicking that left. Yeah. And exactly what he was going to do. And then they show it side by side with what he did in the fight. And the movements were exactly the same. He dodged a punch and threw the left. Becomes second nature. It was was just like that was it. So when it happens, it's going to happen that way. The universe is going to bring it to you. And I'm a big believer. If you can think it in your mind, you can hold it in your hand. So true. You know, and... Being there is 
what you like you you stood in that place you took a picture of the tile i did and it was in your mind i remember when i had this car like i was like you know growing up jersey shore and i wanted this bmw and oh, man i always thought about this bmw and i always thought about this bmw and it was an m5 nah. and i remember i was like i had no money to like, <laughs> buy it but i went i found a dealership i was like on auto trader to got nah, nah. and i found a dealership that had one and i drove to the dealership and i told the guy i was like listen I don't have the money right now. I'm going to have the money in a few months, which was not the truth. <laughs> and I said, but it's good to say that. I said, I listen, I just want to check out the condition of the car. And he's like, you don't want to drive it. I said, no, no, no. I just want to check out the condition, make sure the interior is nice and everything. And so he's like, yeah, I'll open it up for you. So I just opened it up and he just let me sit in it. Sit, man. Just I just feel held the steering wheel. Right. I smelled the leather. And I had that in my mind then. From that point like, on, this is mine. This is mine. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this, this happen. Yep, I'm gonna drive this car one day. Like you said with that hotel, like you've probably done with other things in your life. Yeah. Like this is gonna be me one day. But I needed to. You could look at photos online, but that visceral thing of touching it yeah. and smelling that BMW leather, I was like, yeah, this is it. This is it. And within a year, I owned that car. It was in my driveway. You know, so those are the things that so I tell people all the time, you have to be the person before you actually become that person. Right. You have to live like that. So true. Um, so you made it there. Yeah. You're you're there. And then so what what happened? You're not on the show yet. You know, and they're like, oh, we don't know if we want cousins. Yeah. OK. And then what? So we had a couple more interviews and Chris and I were just sitting back and we're like, we just want to know. We want to know from the show. And I'm like. You know, man, they're they're not gonna tell us right away. I was like, I think the best thing that we can do is just sit back, not worry about it, and when we get the next interview, like whatever they say, yeah. I was like, I have a feeling that there's gonna be like some negative things thrown at us because they probably want to see our reaction. Yeah. So they call us down. Chris and I, we sit there. There was like eight Netflix producers, like top of the top. They're all from the UK, mm-hmm. and there was like four and four and i from my like memory it felt like there was four serious ones kind of like and then there was four like yeah you know like yeah kinda, yeah so i was like let's just because you know when you tell a joke and someone just sitting there like it's just like not a good feeling yeah. but then the other people were like yeah. yeah so i was kind of like chris whatever happens just keep going and we just punched it and then before we left we we're all laughing and i even saw the lady writing on the notes like kind of trying not to laugh but she was like like holding that smirk so we walked out i was like we got it we have to have got it yeah and the next night we get a knock on our door and they're like all right pack up guys time to go like i'm like you're moving in that uh the villa episode one starts tomorrow no freaking out no freaking out and this show was uh dated and related yeah dating related so it was a it was a good like next step into like the netflix netflix world yeah and just getting out to la but um, Dated and Related is a show about siblings, wingmen and each other in a villain, France. And I think the true meaning behind this show is kind of like not so much trying to find love, but being there for your sibling. And that's kind of like what happened this whole experience. Like Chris was there for me no matter what. I was there for him and other circumstances. And like kind of just believing in something to get to the next level. And like that was a good thing on this show. Like behind the scenes you really don't see it on the show mm-hmm. but it's stressful being on a reality tv show you know you're you're, yeah. you're thinking oh i might look stupid you know this and that but at the end of the day uh if you're just like a true you put your true self out there like yeah. you have really nothing to worry about but it, it can be stressful and i was like really helping chris out and he was helping me out so 
it was like a true test of like siblings i'd say it was good it was good what is good something that most people don't know about being on a reality tv show that would surprise them they think um that's a really good question you watched a lot of reality mm-hmm. tv yeah i'm sure prior yeah. to this right so what was one thing that when I was you were now you. on the other side yeah. that you were like, oh, wow, it's like this? Like, what was something that, like, surprised you? One thing that surprised me is it's not like they have cameras up and it's just like, okay, off you go. You know, if there's a scene that was about to happen, mm-hmm. they would kind of, like, hold that those people apart okay. and then kind of set cameras up and then let them go. So it's almost like this is the best way I could say it. Um, you're a bowling ball mm-hmm. and the production team is the uh, guards on the the bowling uh, the bowling alley. Yeah. So you can try to go off course, but they're gonna steer you from point A to B no matter what. Okay. You might not hit a strike, you could have spare, yeah. but you're gonna get to point A to point B. Okay. So depending on your energy levels, like that's up to you, but they're gonna if you try to go off course and go to the next like range, they're oh, you're gonna stay this way. Mm. So they kind of like teeter you a little bit so they have an end goal in sight where they want to take this scene or whatever. exactly and they kind of help you along that path because you know when you watch these shows of course they're built for drama it needs a story it needs a story it needs an and art and you can't i i watch very little tv in general but in the little things i've seen of like commercials for and previews for you know reality tv i'm always like there can't be naturally that much conflict. There has to be a little bit yeah. of a flow that directs that. Exactly. Yeah. So how long were you there? I was there for, I think, 25 days in France altogether. We had a quarantine before because it was during COVID times. Yeah. So we quarantined for about 20-something days, and then we filmed for 20-something days. Chris and I got eliminated on the sixth episode. Okay. But two days is one episode, so... We're and we had a couple break days, so we're roughly there around like 20 ish days. Okay. And then we were set home. That was it. I stayed in Germany a little bit. Oh, you stayed. I stayed. Yeah, I um, I have family in Germany. My mom's from Germany, so I visited them. Chris went back to Jersey, and then I I met him back there, and I was like, whoa, crazy. That is so wild. We waited a whole year for it to come out. So okay, so that's the next thing. Yep, the next thing. So when it came out, was it? How you thought it no. would, right? Because, <laughs> no. because it, I, I, it, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, when you go on TV and when you when you, there's what happens while you're filming, mm-hmm. and then there's what you see post production, and you're like, it's that's not what happened. You're like, wait a second, <laughs> right? It's yeah. so wild. So how was that experience when you a year later? A year later, like what what, what happened? So they have psychiatrists on set, and the one guy was like, he mentioned to me before I left, he was like, so try to write down what you think happened on each episode from your memory now, because from a year you're going to forget. And also yeah. what they put out there is going to be different. So it could like interject your memory. He told me the psychological term for it. Yeah. I forgot what it was, but essentially I did write down in my notes, episode one, like Jason meets like cast or whatever, mm-hmm. Chris, whatever, all the way down to when we got kicked off. And when I went back and read the notes, I'm like, I knew this is what happened, but this isn't what I'm seeing on TV. So they'll, take days from episode four or five and or even reactions and put them between like another thing like if i like tried to like you know if i got like like um dodged from a girl and took my reaction from like another day where i was like oh oh and then really i was like ah that's whatever yeah like so they'll they'll like switch it up yeah and then also 
if the camera's behind you, mm-hmm. they can they can't see your mouth moving, so they'll put in words from something else, oh. which is cool. I don't yeah. want to break the. That, that, it, that, but. I know it's kind of like behind the scenes of like Netflix reality TV. But listen, anyone who has any kind of sense about them, yeah, it's knows, added a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It, of course. So, what led to your elimination? Like what? Like so, what uh, was the premise of the show? Yeah, so the show was essentially like, you know, you got to find love for your sibling. That's okay. that's the main premise. So our elimination, I think our characters were essentially the fuckboys. Yeah. Like that's kind of what they labeled yeah. us, and yeah. we were you know we're from Jersey, we're spastic, we're fun, yeah. we're going in there starting a party, and you need characters like that, you yeah. know you, you so uh, this is it. If you're on reality TV, you need to be a good guy or a bad guy. That's it. Anything in between, NPC. Yeah, you're yep. just mm-hmm. you're just fluff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, <laughs> so like we go in there, we're making noise, and we made our little parts happen, but um. Yeah, we were lickety split after not finding a girlfriend on episode six. So you had to find someone for him, and he had to find someone for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we we kind of had girls, but they got kicked off early. Oh. They got kicked off early on. Oh. Yeah, it was man. a shame. They were from Texas. They were cool. Oh, were they? Yeah, they were oh, cool girls, man. but they got kicked off. So what was the thing that jumped off from there? Did that lead to other opportunities for you? Like, what was? Oh, oh, from the show in general. From the show. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So from Netflix. Um. Originally, I mean, coming out here in L.A., it kind of pushed me to really move to L.A. So when did you decide to come out here? I moved out here March 16, 2022. Okay. So, yeah, basically a year ago. Yeah. Um, packed my car up. I was like, Chris, let's get the hell out of here. Drove right across the country. Your cousin came with you? Yep. No kidding. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't here. in a relationship or anything. He was. He was. We both were. And you both said? Kicked him to the curb. <laughs> yep. That is hard. That's like we got dreams, brother. That is cold blooded. Yeah. But I love it. I love. I kind of love it. <laughs> I kind of love it. So you're just saying we got to live our. We got to. We got to do it. Yeah. I was like, we got to go. I was like, we're young. Like we didn't get. This is my slogan the whole show. Yeah. I was like, we didn't get this far to get this far. That's right. So even at this moment, I was like, look, the show didn't come out yet. We didn't get this far to get this far. Yeah. And I was thinking, what if the show's a flop? What if it doesn't do good? We got yeah. work to do, bro. Yeah. Let's get to L.A. So we want. We really originally did the whole audition and stuff for acting yeah. from the beginning. Yeah. And um, we jump in the car. We drive across the country. We get here, and LA is just exactly what I thought it would be when I first got here. Just like kind of like, you know, not sunshine and rainbows. It's just like life. You know, it's yeah. maxi in the mouth. Yeah. We're working in servers. We're living in an Airbnb at first. It was tough, but then. Um, you know, our show comes out, we meet some people, get some better jobs, like working on Instagram, getting some like brand deals and stuff. So then, you know, ranked up a little bit after a year, but yeah. we're living in like, you know, kind of just like a small ass apartment yeah. when we first moved out here. It was yeah. tough, but I was like, hey man, we're men, we're good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And now you're how old at this time? Uh, 20, I was 28, 27 when I filmed the show, 28, and now I'm 29 this wow. July, turned 29th. So now what's next for you? So what's next for me is I'm really going hard with acting. Yeah. I really want to take it to the next level. Um, you know, I got a commercial agents agent now, managers. Um, my main thing that I have been working on with Chris actually is we hired a writer and we wrote a script about a year and a half ago, okay. which I've been working on. And I really want to get behind the camera just as much as I want to be in front of it. Well, like the produce, stuff yeah. like that. And since I was a kid, I was always into acting. But um, yeah, this film that I'm working on is, I think it's just a great script. And it's kind of like, um, I think it's relatable to anybody in life. So. You want to share a little bit of yeah, that? Yeah, for yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, basically, it's you know a little bit about like my life in a sense. Um, but just like that kind of like layer that hits everybody at some point. Like, what do I do? Do I do point A or point B? And what it's essentially about is this kid, James, who 
is um, kind of stuck between going to med school. Mm-hmm. I wanted to pick a b- different profession, but the writer that we hired was like, I really like this option. Yeah. Uh, we all kind of collabed and thought this was the best route or to do film. And he has a friend who passes away in Australia. He goes to visit him. Uh, basically, after he dies, he goes to the funeral. And his sister's there, the friend who passed away, leaves him a camera and is like, hey, you should go like film some things, uh, finish this like quest that this kid was on. Mm-hmm. His buddy goes with him, and essentially he's like tugged between going to med school and his dad, who's really pushing it on him, mm-hmm. or kind of following his own path and applying to this film festival. And at the end, you know, he has some huge like character arcs. So does his friend. And it is just like an expedition journey in half. No but towards the end of the story, he learns a lot about himself. So does his friend. They go through some like great character changes. And, you know, uh, I don't want to spoil the ending, but there's that tug between like, do I do like the nine to five in life or do I follow my dreams and take a chance at life? Because we only got one. Yeah. So might as well say, fuck it and go yeah. for what I love. That, and, you know, so many people deal with that. Like, I dealt with that personally with my mom, an Asian mom. Hey, you got to go become a doctor or else you're going right. to be a loser. And I'm like, right. is that it? Is a doctor or a loser? Is there the only option? And she was like, yeah, that's it, you know? Yeah. And it's it's a lot of stress. Lot. And when I decided to deviate mm-hmm. and, you know, not go into medicine, it was like a really hard thing. Right. But a lot of people are gripped with that, especially these days, because there's so many opportunities with, like, social media that and really different is. things you can get into, becoming a YouTuber, whatever it might be. There's a lot of people who are like, I think I can do this and not go down that route of a nine to five job and what have you. And you're seeing so many people create pretty lucrative careers out of it. You're like, wow, okay. And it's giving it's giving pause to a lot of people, especially young people who are like, Yeah, maybe I don't need to like go to college and do the traditional thing. Maybe if I believe in myself enough and I push hard enough, I can create this thing. Not yeah. everyone's gonna make it. Right. Not everyone's going to make it, but at least you could say you did it. You pushed, yeah. you tried. I never wanted to be someone where I, so little known fact, at one point I trained for like six months. Uh, I was in my early twenties to try to go to a, an NFL combine. Nice. And I had to like scan, pull scams and pull like every card I knew to get to one. Right. And you quickly realize that the people who are at these combines are on like another level. And that's why a very small percentage of them end up playing on Sunday, you know, whatever. But if you never went and ne- like you never go, you never get embarrassed and you're like, okay, I don't belong here. I'm like slowest. I can't jump as high. I can't move as fast. whatever. I can't bench as much, but at least you could say, you know what? I trained, I trained, I, I, you know, did whatever I can to make it there. Yeah. And I realized once I'm there, I, I'm not cut out. So I'll never be on the couch at 40 saying, I wonder if I would have tried, you know, I wonder if I, maybe I could, you know, so you, you got to do those things and you'll never regret taking that trip. You'll never regret going there and spending that time where that's, that's something that's scary for a lot of people who are like, well, I'm not going to go to a foreign country. And what if I don't get picked? Whatever. There's all, all those fears. Yeah. But then what if you do? Yeah, and, and what, it's if just, you, what if you do? It's just one hell of a story. That's you so know, just that's, one hell of a. Story. That's so wild. So I hope that like gives people listening and watching, yeah, a little bit of that push because that's what this is about. If your ultimate ambition is this, you have to be willing to do some of the scary things along the way that are kind of uncommon to get there. Because if you say, "All right, well, this is my ultimate goal here," and along the way you get a couple of things, and you're like. 
Yeah, yeah, I don't know if I want to do that though. Right. Like, how bad do you really hey, want how it? How bad do you want it? It's like, that one saying, like, if you want something you never had, you have to do something you never did. Yeah. You yeah. really got to oh, do something that. you never did. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, so that was it. And I felt like even there's a lot of big people that have come out of Jersey. There and is. There really is. It's like a bizarre a amount. There's a lot of there's a bizarre amount, especially in the acting world. Yeah. There's a lot of big names that have come out of Jersey. And you hear their stories, and it's all they started in like little small areas, yeah. and they were like they just kind of pushed and they persevered. They didn't listen to a lot of people talking to them. When you were involved in the Netflix thing, did you get a little bit of a bug for the producing from some of the producing you saw of the show? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, and just being on set. I mean, uh, like as a kid, like I got to do a little bit of acting and stuff, and just editing in general yeah. like i would sit on my computer for days i'm talking days and just edit like little scenes like of like something like if i filmed on the beach and do like a transition into like uh like a sunset or my brother surfing yeah and it was just like i it was so much passion for me it's like art like yeah. i loved building it so being on set and seeing these guys hold mics lighting gripping all that i'm like oh let's make a movie yeah Dude, let's <laughs> yeah. make a fucking movie yeah like, so, so yeah. When you say you're, you're, you know, you got this project you're working on, do you envision one day maybe being at that high level of producing like feature film or are you, are you more in line with producing like shows? Cause obviously you have all these platforms now that are coming out with their own generated content, mm -hmm. Netflix, Apple, you know, so it's not the big studios anymore. Right. So are you more into the made for TV, direct to TV? Are you thinking about big screen? What like what's your what's your passion? For me, um, I like exposing like like a great story or change. Mm -hmm. And if that could be on a big screen or even something like, you know, a broadcast and like a smaller channel, yeah, that would be great for me. Um, I think the biggest challenge for me right now is probably having like the proper knowledge on like the like like when I said when I learned about like the business of being a doctor, yeah, there's like a business of being a producer. Mm -hmm. And once I learned that, I'm like, okay, like what's the fastest way to get there? Okay. You know? And not so much like the speed is what I'm worried about, but the actual, um, I guess essence of being like a producer or a director or film, you know, all yeah. that business, all that investment and all the time and money that goes in and out of it like there's actually a business behind it yeah and yeah. i'm like holy shit like that's a lot of other stuff it's not like just picking up a camera filming something and good to go yeah but there's a lot of like educating that i need to like learn to get to that level but i thought what's the best way to start let me write a script yeah. hired a you know a writer we got a management now it's actually being looked at by a team in australia production team no, our kidding. script yeah so we got it out there i'm super excited about that but um you know, I always said, like, no matter what happens, I'm going to shake a lot of hands and learn a lot of lessons, yeah. and I'm going to take that to the grave, so we'll see what happens next. Part of the thing I talk about with Ultimate Ambitions is networks. Networks. And you're in L.A., and speak for a little bit about the power of networks that I'm sure you've probably learned being out here, how important that is. Oh, it's very important. Yeah, so um, one of my, like, one of my best friends here is uh, Chase Demore. Mm -hmm. is is actually the reason I'm here right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Chase is a he's a good guy. Uh, I met him at a Netflix event, and before Chase is a really good dude. He doesn't just like become friends with you right away. You know, he's like one of those guys that kind of just like sits back and watches you a little bit. But we just met on separate occasions, and he's just such a stand up guy. 
Chase TV different than Chase in real life. Oh, you know, so okay. he's got the character, the charisma on TV, but in real life, he's such a down to earth guy. Mm-hmm. And we just hit it off, became good friends, and um, he's like. Uh, he brought me to his podcast here. I'm at Carson and mm-hmm. Carson was like, Hey, you have a really good personality. would like to bring you back here yeah. and, you know, need somebody else for the next podcast. I was like, absolutely. Yeah. It's just like being in LA is like one of those things. It's like, I, I don't even know the term for it, it's, but you get dropped off and just fly around. Yeah. Just fly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Flourish. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm Flourish. just being here for this short amount of time. Yeah. I'm like, it's a different energy here. It is. Yeah. And it's, what I do like is that people understand why people are here. There are people, there's an understanding of like people are here to make things happen. People right. are not here to stay in their situation. They're actually here to get out of a situation and you know progress to the next one. Where I've lived a lot of places where people are just okay with where they're at. You know, I grew up in a small town in Jersey and great people. But there was a lot of people who were just they were okay with just being yeah, in that yeah, town yeah. for the rest of their lives. So I have people I went to high school with that they decided to stay in that town, buy a house in that town, you know, have kids, raise their family, and they're still in and now their kids are going to the same schools that we went to growing up. And th- that's it. And they're they're fine with that. And that's okay. And it's beautiful. They have beautiful lives, beautiful families. But then there's that element of people like me who are like, I got to get out. I got to get out. I got to get out of here. <laughs> I, out of here. <laughs> I am meant for so much more. I got to get out of here. Since I was a kid, I always felt that. Yeah. I always felt like I was like, I'm I'm the chosen one to leave. Yeah. I don't know. I was like the odd one. Call me weird. But I was like, I need to see the world. I don't know if it was like movies or TV or something, but I, whatever you felt, I felt the same thing. Yeah. I was like, in 10 years, I'm not going to be here. At 10 school, uh, you know, at school reunion in 10 years- I'm not even going to be here. Yeah. I'm going to be in some other state, some other country. I said said I'm going to be in another country. I'll be in another country. And I think my last reunion, I I was in Dubai or something when I was happening. And I I was like, yeah, that's, you know, that's fine. You know, I'm okay with it. You know, this is, this is my path, you know, and everyone has their, their place and their season in their life. Some people it's being right where they are, you know, whether it's back in their hometown or whatever. And other people, it's like, you know what? I'm going to be on the other side of the planet. Wow. Yeah, you know, exactly. Making, making things happen and creating my life and creating my future. You've heard it. I've said it. People have said it. The best way to determine your future is to create it. Exactly. You know, you, there's no way. There's no other way. And out here, I'm feeling that, that that's the energy for out here. So now when you have people that you meet that are probably now with what's happened with you, coming to you and say, you know what? Yeah, I think I might want to get into this realm. <laughs> if you could now go back. 10 years okay and give advice to your to you to me 10 years ago based on what you now you now you have the production knowledge now you have some travel knowledge right. some networking knowledge right what's one thing that you wish you would have known 10 years ago if you knew that this was going to be your path i would say uh start tiktok sooner start instagram sooner um just be a little more aggressive like obviously don't give a shit what people think about you because at the end of the day if you're doing good if you're doing bad they're gonna judge you no matter what yeah Yeah. um travel more spend more time with your family because i never see them anymore yeah i miss them yeah are they all still in jersey yeah Yeah. i'd say as far as acting i'd say you know it's hard for me to find a good acting course out home i did as many acting things online as possible yeah but um being in close to New York, that would probably be the most, the closest way. And yeah. in the media world, there's so much scamming. You have to be yeah. so careful. 
with like going to like the right actor. There's a lot of crazy crap that happens in the media world. You know, there's like a lot of these stupid classes where you just waste your money and yeah. stuff. So yeah. I kind of got really good at picking up on like who's bullshit, who's real. Mm -hmm. um, but like I said, network's key because if you get good advice from good people, you know where to go. Um, speaking about like, you know, jujitsu, I, I met uh, Mario Lopez. He's like yeah. a good friend of mine. Yeah. Like we yeah. roll jujitsu all the time. He's yeah. pretty good at it. He's really yeah, good. Yeah, he's, he's like a purple belt now. Yeah, he's really yeah. good. Yeah. So um, I train with him sometimes and help him with his wrestling. He's he's really good at wrestling too. I think he's like a state champ in Cali. But like and uh, like I would like ask him for like, hey, what acting class should I go to? And not like a random person. And then like, oh, I went to this one class, and then they're just not like that good, or they just take your money or something. Yeah. So I would say tell myself, uh, definitely pick your uh, advices from the right people. Yeah. And just do your research. Read as much as you can online. Read yeah. as much as you can. And audition, audition, audition. Never give up. Yeah. You get a thousand no's, you get one yes. That's it. And the one yes could be, it could be it. Yeah. yeah. I remember when I was in New York City, I was doing, I was going on castings for different things. And man, it was unbelievable. Like how many no's. And like, that was the difference. I And I didn't realize it. And that was a, it was a learning uh, situation for me because I was going on castings for modeling. And... I got one job right out of the gate. It was for Ralph Lauren Polo. And I was like, I was like, wow, this that was easy. And then after that, I got like 50 no's. And I was like, oh man. And like I wanted to quit. And I remember the day I walked into the modeling agency and I said, I'm done. Like I, I was like, I, I, I'm done. My agent was like, go to one more. Go to one more. There's one tomorrow. Go to one more. Just just give me one more. And I'm like, I've been to like a hundred of these and I haven't had anything, whatever. And I went to one more and that next one, the next day was for Abercrombie and Fitch and I got it. Tight. So a lot of it is just like the people who make it or the people who just go one more. Yep. The people who just say, you know what? I'm going to go one more day. I'm going to keep going for, you know, another month. I'm going to stay here for another week and see, you know, and cause it's easy when it doesn't work out short term. You're like, I'm out. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm going to go back to my regular life. I'm going to you know, just go back to Jersey, my hometown, and just find a job, and yeah, it'll be cool and whatever. And it's like it's the people who are like, no, I'm going to just keep pushing. I'm going to keep pushing. And it, that changed my world. You know, when that time when I was in New York City, it completely changed my life. Cool. And then I was like, and that led to another one, and that led to another one. Next, you know, I was on uh, – I went to a, a – from meeting those people and networking, Yeah. I ended up at an audition for United College of Benetton, and I got that campaign and I ended up on a billboard in Times Square and in in Milan and in it's like Paris. A chain. And it was like a hundred foot picture of my face. And I'm like, if I had given up that day snowball effect. Yeah, right. It would like nothing would have happened. Yeah. So and it was just all that little bit of perseverance, like, okay, yeah, no, this is what and it was like you were determined. Right. You're determined and you had that in your mind like yeah I'm not settling for this. Yeah, like I can never go back home and be happy. Yeah. Yeah. Can't do it. It just won't happen. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. There's just no way. So I wanna end on this. What's your brother doing? My brother, my twin brother, is working in business right now. Mm -hmm. Just kind of, he's in New Jersey, and he wants, so my brother's a really good musician, but it's like that little bit of perseverance that I think I need to, like, share with him. Yeah. I think once he gets that, he could be anything he Are needs. you identical twins? We're identical twins. You're identical twins. Yeah. So you're, like, going this path of, like, yeah. living the dream. Yeah. And he's, you know, just working a regular job, yeah, right? in but New you, Jersey. But you think he has the potential. He has it more than me. Really? He does. He's so smart. He's so talented. He's just, 
I feel like right when he hits that like uh, a little bit of pressure, mm-hmm. it just starts to crack a little bit. Mm. I'm like, come on, man! Once you get through that one time, it's just easier and easier and easier. Yeah. So, but he's so close, and I I see like a lot of success in his like future. I just think I'm trying to like have him come out here. Like last time he visited, I was in the process of moving. Yeah. It was a little like challenging, but this time he he comes and visits me. I think he'll he'll see more things like clearly. That's it. Yeah. That's what you gotta push. Yeah. yeah you gotta push for greater. That's yeah. It. Yeah. That's amazing. Jason, man, thank you so much. This was this was amazing. Yeah. I know we have like nine other topics yeah, I want to go into. No, Jiu-Jitsu, sure. wrestling, yeah, things like yeah. that. Jersey Shore. Yeah. I got a crazy situation going to dinner with Mike. Uh, the situation. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It involved his like Lamborghini parked in like a handicapped spot. <laughs> no way. Game. It was, yeah, weird. Oh, uh, my God. But yeah, so. Mike the situation. Uh, Mike the situation. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we'll definitely got to do a part two, man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so. Uh, let everyone know where they can find you and follow you and follow your journey. Yeah, for sure. You can find me on Instagram, Jason Cohen official. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's the best spot to follow me. Yeah. Are you, how are you on TikTok? Are you doing the TikTok? My TikTok's okay. It's yeah. not so much like, I'd say like professional. It's more so like, you know, just TikTok stuff. Just silly stuff. Yeah, but yeah. it's the same thing. Jason Cohen official. If you want to check it out. Awesome. Well, yeah. we'll put all the links below. Jason, thank you again, and definitely got to get back for part two of this. Oh, we absolutely. Got, we, we got like nine other topics to talk about. Yeah, for about. sure. All right. Thanks, everyone, for My watching. Pleasure. Make sure you check out the links, follow Jason, and I'll see you next time.